Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Stay Home Dad podcast. My name is Peter, your host for this episode and all other episodes, of course. And this is a bit of quarantine content, I suppose, due to the background of what we're talking about today. Um, talking to the founders and owners of a new knowledge and experience sharing platform called Ofi. And Ofi is uh, in many ways considered a startup because it is an idea born out of the COVID-19 situation uh, where people stuck at home, stuck indoors and uh, still looking for a place where they can share uh, content, share experiences and share knowledge. And that is where the three founders of today come in, Sharon, Jacob and Jonathan. We are all dialing in from various parts of the world, so that makes it uh, maybe slightly interesting in terms of the delay that we might experience, but bear with us. Um, let's do a round of introduction, uh, starting with Sharon. Who are you and what do you do? Um, hi, so my name is Sharon. I'm a freshman at Boston University. Well, I just finished my freshman year, and I'm studying political science. Next up is Jacob. Um, hi, um, my name is Jacob. I'm a sophomore at Interlake High School in Belly, Washington, and I'm six, and I'm 16 years old. And last but not least is Jonathan. Hi, um, I'm Jonathan. I'm 16 years old, and I'm also a sophomore in high school. So you guys are the brains and sort of ideas behind the platform Ofi. Uh, let's start where things start is obviously at the beginning. Um, give me the rundown on how you how Ofi came to be. So okay, so. Originally, um, Ofi was meant to be an, an, like, a marketplace for, like, local experiences. So people could, like, meet up locally and, and like, have fun together. Um, and then after the COVID-19 pandemic struck, uh, we decided to pivot into a new direction of online experiences, like, live experiences over, like, Zoom. Because that is the, the big thing about Ofi, because um, there's, you know, obviously plenty of platforms out there that share knowledge in some kind of way uh, but Ofi is live and that's really cool I thought when I first saw it. Um, Sharon could you give me sort of the idea behind the fact that it's live? Yes so I think that the best part about it being live is that people have a chance to really get to know their audience and grow their audience as well because on different platforms such as YouTube or Instagram they have live functions on the apps but they can only communicate with their audience through a chat function. So this yes. way you can really get to know your audience, get to explain everything to them step by step. And everything is at the audience's pace. And um, what you, when you say you, you initially thought about uh, the platform being something where you could meet up locally, do you then meet up uh, physically in the physical world or still online? It was meant to be a place or, or, or like a marketplace where people could meet up physically. And that could include like going fishing together or like going to the park together. And then you turn it into the uh, online platform that it is now where you can still share experiences. What kind of experiences in, uh, are you aiming for? Because there's a broad variety on the site. Um, do you have any sort of direction for that already? So we actually are just allowing the hosts and the audience to decide what kinds of experiences they want. So we currently have a lot of types of cooking lessons or fitness lessons. Fitness, yeah. Uh, Beauty, fishing, like everything, really. And, and the idea then is that people um, sort of... Uh, set up an experience saying this is sort of what I want to do and people can then 
dial into that experience and, and join the creator. Um, there is a payment model behind it because um, there are some of them are for free and some are not. What is your reasoning behind that? Um, the, the host chooses their own rate so they could decide I want it to be free or whatever. They can make it $10, $20. It's up to them. And is there a reasoning behind, because um, obviously it's a big step to go from, you know, this is a place where people can uh, match up to meet up to making it an online platform where you can share experiences, like you said, anything from a fitness class to a beauty class and everything in between. Uh, but putting a price tag on it makes it sort of also open for more of a business perspective. Is that a deliberate choice or sort of something that grew with the platform? So that was always kind of in our thoughts that we would have people pay to watch the hosts. However, we also gave the option for people to work completely off of tips which I know a few people are actually doing currently. So again, it's really just completely up to the host and what they want. Uh, but I, what I meant more was that it's, um, it's a very different approach for the host itself saying like, oh, I just, you know, want to be friendly and help people with something that I am good at to, oh, I can actually get paid for this. That makes it a, a, a much more of a business proposition than a friendly proposition, I suppose. So one of the reasons we started Ophi was because we wanted to find a way for people to continue making money during the coronavirus pandemic because yes. there's so many people that have been losing their jobs. The unemployment rates have never been this high. So we wanted to find a way for people to continue living their lives normally during this time. Okay. So actually providing people with a business platform, with, which has yeah. a pretty low threshold. Yes. So what kind of people um, are uh, creators on your site? Like you, you already mentioned fitness and beauty, but is there a certain... Uh, like character person that goes on your side or is it really open for anybody it's we're very open that's good so anybody can join there's no is there an age limit so um I'm sorry in our terms and conditions uh we we actually make sure that the person that's hosting experience uh we have to happen to be like i think 16 years and older uh so like uh we're able to like pay them but then would it, for example, be allowed if, um, I don't know, uh, a 10-year-old that is very good with Lego building, uh, but his parents are sort of having hosting the account, would that be allowed? Or is that too complicated? So I think that will be allowed. It's just that uh, to be able to pay the person that's, uh, that's, that's hosting the experience, um, they have to be at the, at the legal age um, to have a job and to be paid. So how, how are things going from now on? Because how long have you been operating? Um, um, we launched since... in April, so about two months now. Okay, yeah, it is now mid-June, time of recording. How, how are things going? Is it going as expected or better or worse? So since we launched, we've been working very hard, uh, very hard. Um, we found a very efficient way to find um, the users and the correct market for it. Um, we've been actually um, reaching out to the hosts individually and creating zoom meetings with them yeah and really um reeling them in and ah like that mm -hmm. and is, is there um uh, your your growth trajectory is that where you expected it to be or is it doing better it's doing about as we thought it would be at this time okay so it hasn't exploded beyond your grasp any, uh, yet but it is in a steady pace up yes correct that is excellent. So you say you've been working hard. How do I, um, uh, can you tell me something uh, one by one about your, your specific role within OFI? Starting with you, Sharon. 
Yes, so I am the person who reaches out to potential hosts and I communicate with them. I'm the one who has the Zoom meetings with them, just explaining what we are and what we do and how I think that they would be a good fit for it. And just like the day-to-day tasks is my role. I think you were the one that actually reached out to me in the beginning, if I remember correctly. Yes, I think I was. Because you saw my YouTube channel and that's how you contacted me. Yes. Ah. Jacob, what is your role within the company? So um, my role is is to be like the software developer. I'm the one like working on all the code and like the UI and everything like that. And um, my whole goal is to improve like the whole entire user interaction and to improve like um, how people can, can use their websites. Okay. Jonathan, how about you? Um, I'm in charge of marketing and we are um, marketing through all sorts of social medias. Um, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and yeah, we're getting a lot of um, users through there. I will put all the links to obviously your platform itself, but also your social channels in the description of the podcast. So anybody who is interested, definitely check that out. Um, are the roles that you have within the company, are they sort of, um, I assume they come natural to all of you to what you are good at? Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, so I've actually been in the field of software development um, for probably over like 10 years. And like, I'm only 16. So I've been like coding since I was six. Uh, so ah. like um, all this stuff about like website development is like, is like what I'm good at. So yeah, that's why it's my role. It makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense that you're in charge of that part then. Yeah, um, I- is it only the three of you within the company now? Yes. Uh, yeah. How do you see that going forward? Because obviously you, you say you've been operating for a little over two months, which is you know, not that long. Um, but obviously going forward, as you scale up and as your platform gets bigger and busier, uh, three people are not going to be enough. How do you see that uh, developing, Jonathan? Well, in the future, we're definitely we're going to need some more manpower to get more uh, to be able to reach a larger audience and to be yeah. able to provide for all of them. But for now, it is still manageable with yes. the three of you? Yeah. Yes. Is there, um, is, is that point, that, that turning point where you're going to have to start scaling up, is that sort of inside already or is that a bit further down the horizon? So um, I think that that point when we're going to scale up, um, I think that's going to be a little bit uh, farther down in the, in the horizon um, because currently um, we're, like, we're still growing. And we're we're trying to get as much people to our site as possible. And until our numbers like um, go up like a lot more, I don't think we we like really need anyone else. Um, and also, we're also trying to get like people on board to like to like help us advertise right now as well. Is that an exciting place to be? I can imagine uh, as a sort of a growing company that it's it's, it's a sort of a, a really cool thing to work to work towards to, especially when you see the numbers rising every day. Yes, especially as teenagers, all of us are still kids, and it's really interesting to to watch this blossom at this time. So, as a company, how do you make money? So, we actually decided not to have any fees for the first six months, since we're just trying to grow. And also because, for me personally, and I think I can speak for the other two founders as well, it's not as much about the money as it is about helping people during this time so that's why 
we just yeah we decided not to have any fees but we are going to add fees in over the next four months yes that actually makes sense and that's actually uh that's what we started with that you wanted to build a platform just to connect people that it still sort of works along the lines of that original spirit that is actually really cool especially in this day and age like you said when people are uh, losing their jobs and having, let's say, less secure futures than only a few short months ago. That's a, that's a noble thing to do, I suppose. Thank you. Well, I mean, it is hard, especially as a startup company, to keep your head above water sometimes. But I suppose the, the, the power, in many ways, of OV is that you're not hosting anything on the site itself. Is that correct, Jonathan? Uh, I'm sorry? Can you repeat, please? Well, you're not hosting, uh, like YouTube has to have a lot of storage capacity to store videos, for example. Um, you're not hosting anything on the website itself apart from, you know, profiles from the, the creators. Yeah, correct. Um, it, is that one of the, the strengths of your platform that you're so lightweight? Um, yeah. So um, all you, all our website really does is we're the marketplace, the, um, the user and the host, they connect through Ofi and then from Ofi, they can message each other and create a, a Zoom link where yes. their meeting will be held. So you don't need any data centers or huge storage connections or anything else? Correct. No. So where do you see this growing in terms of, um, uh, let's say, the next, the rest of the year? We're halfway through the year now. And of course, uh, times are still quite uncertain with what the pandemic might do, especially after summer with a potential second wave. Um, how do you see um, this sort of this platform developing for you guys personally? Is it going to be something you're going to focus on a lot during summer and then maybe a little less when school starts again? Or how do you guys see that happening? For me personally, right now it's a full-time job. And when I go back to school, it'll be more of a part-time job, but I'll definitely continue working as hard as I am right now. So like um, right now, um, I do have school right now. And currently um, it's almost like a, part-time job even though I, I am putting up a lot of time at Ophi even when I have school um, so I think um, so after this week uh, my my school actually ends and then I have my summer break uh, so I think uh, when I'm on, on my break I will have a lot more time to work at Ophi so in an after yeah, you can do all the backlog of work yeah yeah, and I think that goes. Jonathan, I think how about that you? goes for all of us. Um, right now, well, during our summer break, well, I'm on summer break right now, and uh, yeah, we obviously have a lot more time on our hands. So I, th- it's more of a full time job now. But when school comes back around, it's def- I'm not gonna be able to put in as much time. But we're definitely still gonna be trying as hard as we can to get this going. Would that also be a point where you start to, um, I would say, outsource, but where you start to think about getting other people on board yes yes definitely yeah because i mean there's only 24 hours in a day and i suppose you still want to get your degrees as well (laughs) at some point (laughs) is it is it um um so running and starting and running this business is it something that fits into your um sort of future of what you want to do with your lives as well so um Um, at, at least for me um in the future, I want to be in the field of like computer science, everything like that. And I think it it would also be really cool to be like an entrepreneur. Basically, in the future, <laughs> yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I, I also want to focus in the field of computer science, like I said. Um, so, yeah, everything we're doing in OFI right now 
is like a part of what I want to be in the future. That makes sense. Does it go for you too, Jonathan? Um, yeah. So um, marketing is all very new to me, but I, I really enjoy it and I'm having fun doing it. So I definitely think in, uh, in my future, I could have something to do with marketing. And this is a really great experience for me. Sharon? For me, I am actually studying political science, but I'm ah. in economics. So I do want okay. to be in the business field. So this, this is definitely a good experience for me as well to get there. I would almost say that we're already talking to the future marketing manager, uh, development manager, and HR manager. <laughs> Pretty much what it comes yeah. down to, no? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, obviously, there's plenty of platforms out there, um, like I already said in the beginning, that where you can share something, whether it's YouTube, uh, whether it's Skillshare, where it's Masterclass, um, all with their sort of own unique niche, I suppose. How do you see yourself stacking up against the, those big players? Um, so, I think, um, so, like, of course, there's, like, a platforms like youtube and like instagram whatever and all those other platforms are more like um recorded experiences so it's kind of a different niche uh niche than yeah. um our website is um our only editor competitor that would that we like really know of that's like doing something uh something similar to us it's called airbnb experiences and um okay yeah um so and the reason that we're different than them is that um, they mostly offer like really like fancy experiences like where um, and like all the experiences on our sites are like really expensive too. And like our goal is to offer experiences that like a normal person can do. That is true. Actually, that's it's funny you say that because looking around the, the platform, it is exactly like you say, it's very much real people exactly. giving you real experiences. And we feel like our... It's not a super shiny, polished, um, like masterclasses, for example, that's all super, you know, exactly. celebrities and, and high production value and so on. That is true. Is that, is that a, a deliberate choice that you, you keep things real, so to speak, uh, with real people giving you real experience? Yeah, well, yeah. That, um, yes. Um, that was our goal, like, in the beginning to, like, uh, to, like, be able to offer, like, real people, like, people that are normal and like an opportunity to like um, make money like during unemployment and stuff like that. And I also think that um, like every person in this world like has their own talents. And um, I think it's really awesome that people can share their talents in Ophi. They might have like a talent like an art. And I think it's really cool that they have the option to to share their talents. That is true. And I suppose, I mean, thinking about that, um, the threshold for somebody to create an experience is also very low because you connect through Zoom, like you already said. So all you really need is a phone. Yes. And you don't even need to start working with, like, fancy microphones or lights or anything. It's just you behind your phone or tablet is already enough. Exactly. So it's the, um, the fact that you're um, you're not making any money um, I suppose you're spending a little bit, you're spending a lot yeah. of time on it. Do you guys see that as a problem or as uh, this is just your personal investment that you're making? Since we chose not to have the fees, it was really kind of our decision to not be making money at this time. 
And we've just been yeah. putting in a lot of, I guess, sweat equity. So that's that's been what we've really been working on. Uh, can you say something intelligent about the sort of people coming back to the platform? Because I can imagine if I am on your platform for a guitar lesson, I am not per se interested in a fitness lesson. Uh, but on the other hand, I might be. Um, do you see like a big number of people that are continuously revisiting the platform to look for new experiences? Uh, so um, behind, the uh, behind the scenes, we're actually, we're, we're tracking like, all the data on what the user does. And like, we actually track all the categories that they, like uh, all the categories of the experiences that they look at. And I think, um, I think this week, um, we're about to make a, a newsletter where like every, every week we're gonna, we're gonna share some experiences like with um, all the users, like based on like the last experiences that like they have done or like, or they have looked at. I think uh, that's like all about like, uh, that's all about having like a web, which like maps a bunch of uh, categories and experiences together. And I think uh, we can kind of only really get that after we have a bunch more users on our site and after like people will actually like tell us um, which experiences are more similar to other experiences than like, than different. But then you would say that is is that a, a back end thing you need to solve or more a volume so, thing? So um so actually it's both. It's back end because uh, we we kinda we kinda need more data and it's also like um a bit like in the front because uh, we need the users to actually like we need a lot more users to actually get all this data so we can apply it. So Sharon, you mentioned earlier that you um, you gave the example of somebody who has a corporate job and played guitar and felt like sharing that in uh, on the platform. Um, what what kind of people, uh, can you give a few more examples of the kind of people that create experiences on the platform? Yeah, so actually there's, we have a bunch of people who hosted piano lessons or guitar lessons or things like that in real life before this happened. And then this happened and they had no way of continuing, yeah, continuing to interact with their viewers or their, um, yeah. So Because they were stuck at home. Yes. And so this was kind of a push for them to continue doing what they had always been doing. And then we have that more sense. people, such as the person who I spoke about, about the corporate job with, with the guitar lesson. So it's also a way for people to branch out. Is it is it um, like a big variety of people that go like old from young, uh, male, female, whatever? What's your sort of demographic in general of the creator? The demographic it really it depends on the the type of experience as well. But we really have everyone. We have um, we have young kids. We have people in college. We have people who have retired. So it's really a broad variety of people. But do you aim, um, maybe it's a bit of a general question, do you aim to become sort of a, a one-stop shop or more of a, a platform where you can, uh, you know, it's a bit weird to say, but you, don't, you never have to leave your house anymore, but you can connect through exactly. the platform to anything we, you want. Uh, we want Ophi to be a platform where you can learn anything at the uh, comfort of your own home. <laughs> but actually that's the cool part about like that because your, oh, cause your prices are not extreme i mean looking around your your range is anywhere under let's say 40 bucks and we have uh, yeah um, and then i think our average price is like around like 10 to like 15 dollars so 
And there um, are also yeah. there yeah. Are still a bunch of free experiences too. Tell me about your uh, charity option, because when you create an experiences like I've done, uh, there's an option that you can give part of your proceeds to charity. How does that work? Um, so once you get paid for um, hosting your experience, um, you select that amount that you want to donate to the charity of your own choice. Uh, of your own choice. Okay. And who, who picks the charities? Uh, okay. I actually okay. have the, the charities. Um, it's Boys and Girls Club of America, the United Nations Foundation, Direct Relief, and Project Hope. And do you pick those at random, or are you actually working together with those charities? So I, I think we all selected them together based on the ones that mean the most to us, I guess. And the, yeah. Okay. And do you see that uh, sort of branching out in the future to uh, like a, a crucial part of the OV experiences that you become a platform where you can obviously learn something, but you're also doing good for the rest of the world? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why we stand out from other types of platforms such as this one. Because that also fits in the whole, let's say, pandemic uh, situation the world is in right now. Like we're all in the end, exactly. we're all in this together, right? So if you can do good and get something out of it yourself, that's great. Mm -hmm. So going forward for the rest of the year, um, do you guys have any sort of milestones that you're aiming for? Um, so I don't think we any, I don't think we really have any specific milestones that we're aiming for. Uh, we're kind of just looking for an increase in traffic, of course, and uh, we're also looking. Yeah. In experiences as well. I don't want to pin you down on numbers too much, but is there some kind of line that you want to cross by, let's say, the end of the year? Uh, so, in terms of traffic or users or anything? So, um, I'm not really sure exactly because uh, we really haven't calculated these numbers exactly. I think a good estimate is by the end of the year, we probably want to have like maybe a hundred thousand to like a million people in traffic over like the whole entire year, I think. And uh, we're hoping to probably have like thousands of experiences as well. We have in the range I from like think it's 52. 50 to 60, I think. Yeah, it's 52. You think at, the, at this point, I mean, you being only a few months old, the platform itself, um, is that still also the, the opportunity of the platform itself? Because if you go on YouTube, it doesn't really matter who you are, what you do, or what your unique talent might be. Exactly. It's probably already there. And it's that's so big. what makes us different than YouTube. It's a um, personalized experience for you. You get to learn at your own pace. And you're still small enough to be, like if I have some kind of special talent, I'm still able mm -hmm. to be unique on your platform, I suppose, rather than on YouTube where exactly. I'm across one of many probably. So let's say I am uh, at home and I have, uh, let's say some kind of skill and I'm not really sure how to get started with Ophi or a bit uncertain about it. Uh, what kind of sort of advice would you give somebody who is um, thinking about stepping in? This is a bit cliche, but just believing in themselves, because since there's so many different types of categories, I feel like there's there's something for everyone. And um, that's true. We can actually also well, we can actually also help them get started. Um, and to to do that, all they have to do is contact us, and then uh, we can like set up a Zoom. Um, meaning of them uh, and how about somebody who is um looking for uh to become an, uh, on the other side of the experience to, to take the experiences but it's not really sure how and why and when and maybe a bit reluctant about um just hooking up with some kind so, of stranger um, Zoom here what would you say so, to somebody like um, that i mean our goal is um to make it as easy as possible 
for everyone that uses our platform to like use it. So um, um, we actually have a contact us page. So if anyone like ever needs any help, they can always contact us. Okay. So actually the same is for the creator, for somebody who's just looking to get to learn something, they can also still reach out to you and yep. uh, you'll help yes. them out. Where the world is slowly starting to open up a little bit again after the whole COVID uh, peak pandemic situation. And do you think that is an opportunity for you or is that going to be a threat because people are, will be home less and less at some point? Um, and your platform, like you rightfully said in the beginning, you, you deliberately pivoted towards people that were stuck at home. How do you see that developing? So we've actually been considering pivoting back to live experiences as we wanted to originally, but still yeah. allowing like over, like virtual ones like go online. So offering all right well i think that's uh, that wraps it up for this episode thank, thank you, you guys very me. much for sharing some yes, insights and uh, some behind the scenes yeah my pleasure thank you. uh like i said i put all the information and links and descriptions and contact information in the description of this podcast uh you can also reach out to them uh through the emails that they've mentioned that i'll also put in the description Obviously, any feedback on the episode is more than welcome. And uh, obviously, we at the Stay Home Dad podcast would always love to hear any ideas and thoughts that you might have about us and life in general. So reach out to us for that as well. For now, thank you guys for listening, and I'll catch you all in the next episode. Cheers.